All right, welcome back to Book Talks with Lucky Jones. I'm Ebony. I'm Amiri. And today we have two special guests with us. Los! I am Marlon. And that is Marlon. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about The Untelling by Tiari Jones. So let's get into it. Should we tell them that we're their husbands? Marlon well, is they my, know enough. Well, oh, they okay. do know, but we should introduce you guys since you are a guest. We need yeah. to have like better guests. Yeah. Get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're like, yeah, anyway. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. All right. Marlon is my husband. He is an English teacher who does not read. And I'm so excited that I got him to read this book. I am an English teacher. I do read articles. I don't read. He reads Twitter. I don't read fiction. And this man scrolls. And my husband Carlos hey. is the amazing, soon-to-be actor, for sure. Dang, you hyped him up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pause. Pause. I am an actor. What oh, do you mean soon to be? Me. Yeah, we're going to have to cut that out. No, you're, you're like a soon to be famous actor. Yeah, soon to be famous like, actor. Right now, you are a local celebrity. Soon you'll be a big time celebrity. Yes. You are a local celebrity. Yes. Wow, a local that's celebrity. that's no. definitely what I meant by that. You know, everywhere we go, people know you. Everywhere. It's not true. No, it is true. No, it's already <laughs> true. It was already true when I first got to Savannah. No, yeah. that was Every- just because. You are around the people I knew. No, sometimes we can just be having like a nice brunch and people are like, yeah. Carlos! Carlos! Yes. Is that like, Is that Carlos? Is that Carlos? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It happened, it happened last night. It, happened, it literally happened last night. Yeah. Where, where we sat down at the Mexican restaurant. They were like, Carlos! Wait, wait, wait. That's someone I know back from Alabama? Yeah, it's she different. knew you as the actor of Alabama. <laughs> Alabama's very own. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. In two ways. That is my husband, Carlos. I should probably do a better job introducing my husband. I didn't know we were going this good and in <laughs> My husband also has a fashion line. Oh. Flextra Large. Flextra Large. I have a fashion line. And guys, don't worry. My wife does like to troll me. I don't take it personally. So the initial introduction was fine with me because she does troll me a lot. I know she thinks more highly of me than she says out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he believed that. But we're going to move along. Yes. Anyways, back to The Untelling. The Untelling is one of my picks. Yes. And usually my picks fall kind of flat. And I was really excited to make everybody read this book because it is my comfort novel. I listen to this book on Audible all, like, at least once every two weeks. I love this book. I've heard it like a million times. So I was like, oh, guys, we should listen to this. We should read this. And everybody's like, cool. And then like a week later, they were like, we hate this book. I can't stand this book. Okay. So this book is, I think, the first time I have ever read, quote unquote, slice of life. I don't think the book that we'll talk about next week that I'll be on Poetics. I don't think it's Slice of Life. Mm-hmm. Even though it kind of is. I don't. I don't believe Slice of Slice of Life is just not fantasy. I believe Slice of Life is Slice of Life is something entirely just. Ugh. See, and I think Slice of Life is just a specific moment in a person's like life, and that's, that's really what, what Poetics is. That I don't is think that's true. what it is. But we're not talking about Poetics. We're talking about we're talking about <laughs> the untelling. I don't think. This book is slice of life. You don't. 
So I'm very intrigued. I feel like this is a slice of life boring drama. (laughs) Slice of life (laughs) usually has a positive connotation to it. This book doesn't have like. Well, that, that's, oh, that's yeah, true. No, the book is nothing, true. Nothing, nothing is good. Nothing, everything no, I, is bad. I concede. <laughs> that, 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 that is the, I do find joy in slice of life in anime. Mm-hmm. But in terms of literature, books, yeah. as far as I know right now. <sighs> okay, so did you like anything about this book? I like Dwayne. You like Dwayne? Amiri? Oh, I love the book. So I love everything about the book. So like what sticks with you the most? What sticks with me the most? Yeah. Okay. I'm very interested. (laughs) I know this is about to be controversial. I know I'm about to get some looks. I love Ariadne. Mm. Ariadne is the main character of this book and she does make some questionable decisions. But I not only support women's rights, I support women's wrongs. Uh-uh, and uh-uh. she's making a uh-uh. lot of wrongs in this book. I, I do not support anyone's wrongs. I do, if it's a woman. <laughs> That's a crazy Partic- statement. Particularly if it's Ariadne. Oh, God. Because when I first read this book, I was like, oh, wow, I can see myself in her because, like, we both have these kind of, like, strange names. And, mm-hmm. okay. And then the older I get, like, I kept relating more and more to her character in various ways. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of became my comfort book because every time I read it, I kind of get like a new realization. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can get that because I'm also like living on the fringe of the hood. I'm also <laughs> having these like medical issues. I'm also like, oh, wow, like I get it. Would I react to things the same, same way she reacts? No. <laughs> Would I do the things she does? No. But do I support her because I understand her as a character? Yes. What about you, Marlon? Um, what is the question? What do you like anything about this book? And if you do, what specifically does do you like about it? All right. So the book shows how families mm-hmm. being taken apart can affect somebody, how somebody reacts to different situations for the rest of their lives. Okay, yeah. So for sure. I think it did a really good job of like I don't think Tayari wrote Arya as a bad character just for her to be a bad character. That's true. It's a reflection of what happened to her at a very young age mm-hmm. and how she can't be so forthcoming with everything because everything is traumatizing to her. She is traumatized. Right. Just by that. Mm-hmm. And like and not only is she dealing with her own trauma, she's also carrying the burden of her mother's trauma, right. too. Right. So mm-hmm. the, mom, the mom is a basket case at this point. I don't think she's carrying the burden of her mother's trauma. I think she's carrying trauma that her mother inflicted on her. Mm. See, so but- there's the trauma from the death, but then there's the trauma from the mom's reaction at the rest of their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ain't gonna say she's like burdening like what the mother because she she didn't find out to the end of the book what the mother was going through. Right, but you don't have to know something to carry the burden of it. I feel like she was just carrying what the mother was inflicting on her. Right, but she life. was inflicting that trauma onto her and her sister because of trauma she was carrying. Like she blamed herself for the loss of her daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like she couldn't really get over it, and so she kind of made her living daughter's lives. A living hell. I think it was worse than hell, but... Because, like, I found it so disrespectful 
like in general, if anybody ever messes with my food, I'm like that is the peak of disrespect <laughs> that you can ever inflict on That's me. That's the peak. That's the peak. But it's also like, how about when you get locked out of your house and your mom's like carving pumpkins, like watching you and your sister struggle to get inside that house? Y'all actually break the door down to get in. And she's like, I I just knew you'd find a way in. And I'm just like, but why? Why do that in the first place? Uh, BB's in the cornbread is crazy. That is crazy. And she's like, you don't like my cooking? But if you don't like this guy, like, telling your like new boy, boyfriend, possibly father of your child, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what mom used to do as kids, like, as you're going to her house. Yeah. And I just <laughs> was so confused because, like, the entire time I'm with Aria, it's just like, what are you getting out of this? Because, like, uh, as she grows old, she's inflicting trauma onto the men around her. Because, like, there was that um, janitor that, like, was genuinely concerned because there's this young-ass kid standing outside of the school. And all mm-hmm. he asked her to do was, hey, just let me know. But she does, like... Hey, no, that's... Like, I ain't gonna count. I actually enjoyed that because it was funny to me. He was stretched. She was just like leaving bits of her clothing, and she's like, "Can't no, he even know I'm I'm left? No, he probably thinks you got kidnapped." And she knew it. She is. She's not stupid. She knew what she was doing. She did that on purpose. But yeah, see, I think that goes back to that, my answer to the to your original question, though. Like, what I enjoy about this book is that it does give us talking points about stuff that happens in real life. Yes, I do think it's a fair and like almost kind of like eerily real assessment of things that happen in the black community Mm -hmm. so it's like Arya doesn't care about Dwayne's mental health when she's going on with the lie with the line yeah and that happens a lot in the black nobody yeah that's true you can't say nobody I don't want to say nobody but the majority of people don't like that's on the back burner yeah even for black men themselves, mm-hmm. their mental health is on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, the split up, fa- the split up family in various different ways. It happens in a black family. It affects people adversely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, living in the hood, living in the hood is its own thing. Mm-hmm. I live in. I say I live in the hood now. My like wife says we live on the fringe of the hood. Mm-hmm. So it's like when they broke into the house and they couldn't find anything in particular that was stolen. That was crazy. It just reminds me that, like, people have literally stolen things off of our porch. Every right? every day. And their psyche, no one will steal from here because they, they know we actually do good for the community, right? Mm-hmm. It shows that the hood, even though it can be ruthless, it kind of has ethics. Yeah. What people don't steal from our front porch, no matter when it's there, no matter how long it's been there, is food. They will never touch food. It can be there for six hours at a time. We can leave an Amazon package out there for 30 minutes and never get stolen. Mm-hmm. We can leave an Amazon package out here for two minutes. And <laughs> they will, the hood will not steal food from you. They will not steal food directly from your mouth. Mm-hmm. They will steal your stuff so they can buy food. Yeah. So it's like the, the hood is good about understanding. It's ruthless and it shows you you need to be better in some ways, but it also understands uh, ethics situationally as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the book does a good job of showing that as well. Okay, cool. What about you, Carlos? What is the question? He said Dwayne. Yeah, what about Dwayne do you like? He's unapologetically himself. Mm -hmm. 
I do like a lot of the Dwayne scenes because yeah. he seems like any guy that I grew up knowing. Like he looks, he seems like any of my uncles or like any of like my uncle's friends or like you know the random people that show up like at the barbecue. You're like, oh yeah, that's so and so. Like he just is like, yep, that's who he is. He's mm-hmm. not putting on any fronts. Mm-hmm. He's just being himself. And if something is bothering him, it, it, he's not afraid to voice that. Mm-hmm. And you know how I appreciate that. Yeah, it just bothers me so much how dirty he was done throughout the entire book. Oh. It's so heartbreaking because, like, okay, so, like, with me and Carlos, we probably would have just stayed boyfriend and girlfriend together, like, with no real, like, need to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we already felt like we were married. We had that sort of commitment to each other. We didn't need that extra thing to, like, bind us. And I feel like that's how Dwayne was feeling. And it was Aria who was just like, listen, um, since I'm pregnant, we should just go ahead and get married. And then he was just like, well... I didn't really think we were there yet, but... I guess. Like, they're not even living together. That's true. And he mentioned her... Yeah, so earlier, so mm-hmm. he he was ready for that. Yeah, he was ready to like take steps, but he was shoved into going through with this proposal, and then he was shoved into the idea of having a f- family with this woman, and oh, then he, he was shoved you. into being like with his previous baby mama, mm. where she was just like, "Listen, um." Are will you give up your parental rights so that my husband can adopt our child so he can have certain things? And he was like, Well, since I'm already moving forward with my new family, it'll be selfish of me to like hold on to something I'm not even there for. That's true. <sighs> and so he gave up those parental rights just to find out that Oh, I, Arya, can't, I can't even have a baby with you. Yeah. <sighs> and it's, and it's- yeah. And it's like, there was time for him to find out the truth before he yeah. signed over mm-hmm. yeah. the rights. And I, I get Ariadne's reasons. I get it. But. Yeah, it would have been one thing to not be pregnant then, right? Mm-hmm. But like, to have that paperwork signed mm-hmm. and you can't even give yeah. Who, who clearly wants one. Yeah. Who had one. Mm-hmm. Who had a child. Yeah. And then signed away the right skin. Mm-hmm. To not even be able to. And not tell him that before he did that. When you have opportunity. That is. Opportunity. Like maybe I'm being too like optimistic. But I felt like if she would have been up front. They would have been able to get through whatever happened. Right. Exactly, because, like, his thing was whenever he did eventually confront her towards the end of the book. she lied. Exactly. He's like, why am I finding out this information from other people? Why couldn't you have told me? You've told everybody else. Why am I the last one to find out about something that directly affects Mm -hmm. me? Yeah. And, like, it just goes to show you that, like there are reasons why they weren't ready to make those steps because they couldn't even fully have a conversation about something that drastic. That's true. And it, I did find it really odd because, like, and towards the beat, before all of that happened, whenever she was going to these doctor visits, why she didn't want him there. 
Especially when he wanted to go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I could understand, like, if he didn't want to go, but he did. He wanted to be there to support her because he was committed. And she's like, mm, no, I'm good. Stay home. I don't want you here. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Um, other than stuff with Dwayne, I did appreciate okay i do have the side where i i do not care for our ariadne mm-hmm. but i do like when she's with the um keisha that? i like when she's with keisha i i actually genuinely like mm-hmm. those parts of the books yeah when she's helping when she's like teaching them and then when she like goes to her house and everything and talks about i genuinely like those those things mm-hmm. cuz it shows me that she does have the ability to care for people because like mm-hmm. throughout the book for me it just felt like she was so detached emotionally from the weird things like she was detached emotionally from like even really trying to become friends with Rochelle like how to even start that friendship yeah. it was just so awkward for her okay yeah that... and then whenever she was with her sister it, i could tell that she really did care and love her sister but the fact that she kept showing up like a lost dog on her sister's porch just for her sister to be like hey i'm doing something else i blame the sister i, I don't blame her yeah I, do, I blame the sister i do blame the sister for that but at the same time like why do you put yourself through that turmoil every single time but like her sister like it seemed like her sister wouldn't even like return phone calls sometimes I felt that. And then there was also the part where, like, she lives not that far from her sister. And when I found that out, I was like, and her sister won't come visit her. Like, she's like, I understand why my mom won't come visit me because it's like, I live close to where daddy died and Mm -hmm. Genevieve died. But, like, my sister lives close to me, too, and she won't come see me, but not for that reason. Mm -hmm. Like, her sister wanted to get away from that family so much that I get one to to detach herself from her mom. I get it. Yeah. But your sister didn't have anything to do with that. Like, you both experienced the same trauma. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's just, like, because whenever you have, like, a semi-abusive a parent like that, mm-hmm. you have to step up in the parental role for your younger sibling. And mm-hmm. that is a lot of pressure on somebody who is, like, at the prime of their teenage years. Where they're still experiencing a bunch of, like, different things. And you have to, like, shut off that recklessness to be responsible. Although she was still being reckless. Yeah, for sure. I'm about to say she, she never turned that off. Yeah, but it's just, like, <laughs> well, the reason why she just also experienced that trauma. So it was, like, a lot into that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, how can I be responsible, deal with my grief and my mother's grief and my sister's grief? And, like, still try to find happiness in this world. I kind of feel like, though, that's just kind of being the older sibling. Yeah. Like, I'm the older sibling. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of get having to, like, shoulder a bunch of, like, your parents' emotions and kind of have to be their their therapist and watch out for your younger sibling and kind of, like, try to show them what to do and not to do. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot of stuff put on you, even if you don't have the trauma of watching your father and baby sister die. Yeah. I find this funny only because... I'm technically a middle child, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't think I had to deal with that. But also, I, I feel like 
my sisters didn't deal with making sure like me and my younger sibling mm -hmm. didn't in like like them right. try to teach us anything i don't know it's just weird maybe it's the like i was a boy mm -hmm. and that might that and, plays a bunch to do it too and yeah. like i don't know like they they have a good relationship mm -hmm. yana and like lisa so maybe maybe those conversations there, but i didn't really have Man, when I think about my sort of experience with that type of thing, the mm -hmm. closest that I come to it is I lived with my first cousin for my entire childhood life. Mm -hmm. And he was a boy. And like, I felt like it was my responsibility for who he became. Mm. I still have. I still you, have. You, you mm -hmm. still feel that way. I still feel that way too. So it was like, with me, I'm like, Oh man, it's just it's, that is kind of tough, you know. It's like I tried to talk to him about things that he shouldn't do, and mm -hmm. so I kind of did feel that I felt that, that role. Mm -hmm. I I felt that weight. I feel like it's something that just like older siblings step into like naturally. naturally. Like yeah. you don't think about it. It's kind of like oh, you are the older sibling, and I was also the oldest cousin, cousin? too. <laughs> so it was like everybody. Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> there you uh -huh. go. I'm. I'm like one of the last three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was well, uh, five. If I, was I count the Elizabeth's first great grand. Yeah, I was also the first really? great grand. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. You ain't Elizabeth's first great grand. Mm -hmm. Shocking. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I I could see like why sort of Armani did what she did. Mm -hmm. I do not think she did the right thing. But like, how can I say how to deal with some trauma like that? You know, what do you like? What What are you specifically talking about? When she she found a way to get out. Oh, that. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and get into this. What, <laughs> what's What's homie name? Um, Mister Fantasy. Mister Fantasy got yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, I, I don't f with him. Yeah. Mister Fantasy got to go. Cause like it's weird. Like that was their father's best, best friend. friend, and he was just like, "Hey there, young thing. Let me sweep you up and make you my." Why? I do think though. Justice <laughs> for Mr. Fantasy. I'm not like I'm not saying I love this character, but like I do feel like he did try to get with the mom first because there is the conversation I, that they're having yes. where they're like, "What would happen if Mr. Fantasy dated mom? Like, would he be our dad?" And they're like, mm. it, it, "And wasn't that Hermione talking to?" Yes. Okay, so when I heard, that, I was just like, "Okay, he trying to mm -hmm. show them that I can I can be here." It's just like. That's that's messed up for your homeboy, you know. God rest his soul. But I see what you're trying to do. You trying to step in, be a father. Then kids. later on, I was just like, wait a minute. Mom said no, so I went to the daughter. I'm like, wait a minute. Listen, man. I feel like this is my role for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens all the time. It does. Hey, it does. Happen. There's so many instances in Andalusia of older men. Mm-hmm. Let, let, because, well, I can remember me talking to a girl when I was in like eighth grade, yeah. and somebody who was out of school was talking to. I was like, "Well, I'm done." That's crazy. Everything in this book, I can think of a situation where it happened in my old neighborhood, mm -hmm. or it's happening to me now. Mm -hmm. I think that's why. And I feel like all of Tyari Jones's work is like that it is. Me. It's very and relatable. I think that's why I kind of like when she listens to the books. I'm listening to them too. Mm -hmm. My only problem is that 
when I get to the relatable stuff, I have to sift through boring stuff. I see. I don't think it's boring. Whenever I felt like it was a chore to get to her and Rochelle, but like that okay. whole thing that, that, I, that I, agree. I hate I agree. that part of the I agree. book it's really long for no reason I and i kind of like the whole part where you have to watch them running for like the student body together i don't care about that mm-hmm. now it gets a little juicier when she's helping rochelle pay for an abortion because yeah. you're and like i feel like we could have got there so much faster because that actually yeah. was interesting it was and it kind of lined up for what was going to happen yes because like, in the book, Ariadne is infertile because she's going through early menopause, like, mm-hmm. at the age of, like, 25. Yeah, she's yeah. 25, yeah. Which is crazy. And it's like, she's sitting there, and she's telling this Rochelle, and she's so mad because she's like, I helped you pay to have an abortion. And a lot of Ariadne's guilt, a lot of Ariadne's actions that she, not actions, things she feels are happening to her is come from something she's done in the past. She, everything stems from... The day the wreck happened, the day the she wreck happened, didn't want to be in the car with, with her, her dad. Like and she so didn't want to be in the front like, seat or something like that. She was in the front seat. Like her dad was driving, and she was in the back seat with the cake. Yeah, but it was like after the accident happened. She like she, she didn't want to be in the she car. Didn't period. Look, that's what she it was. Wanted, she didn't want to. That's what it was. Yeah. She, her dad's trying to talk to her with his like dying breath, and she's plugging her ears. Like, and she feels like she's being punished for that for the rest of for the rest of her life. But then it's like also. Her helping Rochelle pay for an abortion, and now she can't have kids. And she's she like, thinks, she thinks she's getting she's punished. Like, for wow, that. I'm getting punished for this too. She thinks that everything that's happening to her is a punishment of something that she's done before. And this is another way that I relate to Ariadne because I also feel that bad things happen to me. I'm like, what have I done that that caused this to happen? See, I do feel that way sometimes. Whenever bad things does do happen to me, so I literally go out of my way to build up good karma. <laughs> Building up good karma. I'm like, what? What have I done to deserve X, Y, Z? What have yes. I deserved? Because their whole scene where like she's talking to like the doctor and she's telling them she was telling I don't know who she's telling. She tells everybody but Dwayne she can't have kids, and she's like, the doctor's looking at me like this is worse than cancer because mm-hmm. I'm 20, 25 years old and I can't have kids. Mm-hmm. Last year when I turned twenty six, I had to go to the doctor's office, and she's like, I don't know, like you might not be able to have kids, like mm-hmm. you might be infertile, mm-hmm. and like the feeling that doctors give you in like that situation does make you feel like this is worse than anything I told anybody because you're young and you're a girl and you're supposed to have kids. Yeah. So I relatable Ariadne. <laughs> I did not go out and lie to my husband no. and tell him that I was pregnant and had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I did not do that. No. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was there. You were there. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Oh, see what happens when someone When there. somebody shows up to the point. <laughs> Listen, that's the... <laughs> That's the that's the book. Yeah. It's about what happens when something is missing mm-hmm. and how it relates. See, I like how you put that. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened as I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Something was missing for me to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like, okay, so for me. Excuse me. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Excuse me. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so for me, Arya is just a very intolerable person because she's so painfully awkward. And throughout the entire time, I'm just like, where are your friends? She only has one, Rochelle. But it's just so confusing for me because I was just like, 
you were a child when this happened. I understand that. But throughout your first six to seven years of life, you just didn't have any friends? I am going to comment on that. The the people you you're friends with in high school, all like for most people, I ain't gonna say most people. For some people, me absolutely nothing. And I understand that, but I'm saying like while she was in elementary school, it seemed like she just chose to self isolate and not build up her communication skills. I would also like to add too that Arya did grow up in elementary school, like overly developed. So she spent so much of her, like, youth trying to hide herself from people because she was, like, embarrassed of, like, going through, like, what does her mom call it? Like, precocious puberty? Yeah, with her acne. With her acne and her, like, boobs and, oh, like, that... her shape. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, I also, like, developed pretty early. So I also relate to you, like, <laughs> like trying to hide myself. I'm, like, we're, like, two and three bras because you're, like, I'm in the fifth grade. I shouldn't look like this. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. So, like, I, I, like, understand her self-isolating because, like, it's hard being a girl anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, like, going through puberty when other people are not. It's hard, like, dealing with the trauma and your mom possibly hating you because you lived. Like, it's hard doing all that. So, she probably had a lot on her plate. She probably wasn't worried about friends because she was also too busy, like, pining for the love of her older sister. That's true. That is true. While her sister was out getting hickeys on her neck and out necking and, and stuff, like living her best life at all times, and then soon, but not really. As soon like, as eighteen happens, <laughs> as soon as eighteen happens, just like you said that. she did say that yeah. while she was what, high. No, yeah. no, that's, it's in the book. She yeah. was like, she comes back and she's like, "Have you ever wanted to die?" And Arya's like. No, huh? it's like I don't really want to die. I was just talking about because you it's like, my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can joke about this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I don't. <laughs> and it okay. So I did find Rochelle a lot more interesting than Aria. Rochelle reaped a privilege to me, and it was like. Rochelle is one of my least favorite characters in the book. Rochelle. Honestly, Rochelle did piss me off in her conversation with Arya whenever Arya was talking to her and confiding in her about her um, inability to have children. Because mm-hmm. she was like, why can't you just adopt? I'm like, that's not something you say to somebody. And it's always like, the first thing people say to you. It's so infuriating because like the whole point of being female is the fact that we don't have a lot of choices whenever it comes to what we can do with our own bodies. That's true. And so whenever you're told that you can't even have the choice of whether or not you can have a child, it does does something to you. And the first thing that somebody can say is like, well, I'm adopted, so why don't you just adopt? First of all, adopting is very it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's very hard. And like mm-hmm. the wait list is at minimum three years long. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta be you gotta have so much money, and you gotta have certain types of jobs, and you gotta have certain type of housing situation, and so you it's have to like, go through classes, not, and do all sorts of things. It's not feasible for everybody, and it's not yeah. feasible for Arya to do it because she doesn't make the money to adopt. No, neither her or Dwayne. Mm-hmm. But also, like the whole scene, what really pissed me off about her show. The scene where Arya gets engaged, and she's so excited to show her best friend because Arya has one friend. Yep. Show her best friend her ring and stuff, and she's like looking at Rochelle's dress. And obviously, Rochelle's not gonna let her wear this dress to her wedding. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. but she like has some gloves on. <laughs> she's like wearing her little tiny engagement ring, and like Rochelle's like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> and she like shows her the ring and she's like, I think it's a family ring. And she's like, since when the eighties? Like, and she's so rude to her. And like, she's like, Arya's still looking at her dress. Like she's Rochelle's gonna let her wear it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you want to wear my dress? I can't walk down the aisle and use dress. Like, what yeah. are you thinking? Like, she's being so negative that whole interaction. And like, Arya knows you're not because she's not gonna wear that dress. Mm-hmm. This is just she's just like kind of like relishing in this. Like I'm getting engaged too. Like I'm like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like this, I'm being normal, and you're like. Mm. And I did. I did find it kind of weird. <laughs> I was just like, why are you just barging into somebody else's room and rummaging through their things? Okay. I live with my best friend in college, and I used to do it all the time. I used to go to her side of the door and take clothes and shoes and hair stuff. I was like, "Mm, this is mine today. No. (laughs) Well, I guess that's also like whenever you grow up with a sibling, that's normal. That's true. You grew up as an only child. I did grow up as an only child. So like my space is my space. I grew up with a sibling. You can't touch my stuff. Well, you grew up with a girl, Marlon. (laughs) I grew up with with four people in the house. None of them touch my stuff. You okay. The oldest. Me and Kendall, we we would just go through each other's stuff. We're like, can I wear this today? Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you want to wear this today? Cool. Kendall, can you do my hair? I can do this for you. Mm-hmm. Like everything is like a barter system when you have. And the thing is, there's a gap between you and your siblings. Yeah, that's true. Me and Kendall are exactly 18 months apart. Ooh, yeah, so that I so that does make that. We grew up, and most most of our lives, we shared a room. Okay. So we didn't have our own space. Everything yeah. was each other's. I had my own room as long as I can remember. Same. I can't count on one hand. The, like, I can't tell you how many times I have my own room because it's probably like three times, maybe. Mm. And then you got married and you share. And then with I got Marlin. married and I shared with Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, even when me and Kendall did have our own rooms, like, because we grew up so close, like, before the first day of school or any big event, Kendall would come and sleep in my bed with me. <laughs> like so, so I grew up like sweet. that close with her mm-hmm. so I totally get the whole like walk over to somebody like even with Marlon most of the time I'm wearing his clothes mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I'm gonna wear Marlon's stuff today yeah I'm wearing Marlon's socks like I'm rarely wearing my own clothes <laughs> I'm like, why, I why have, should I <laughs> I don't have socks or t-shirts anymore they're all hers they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> don't take my stuff I know you tell me every single time like if I put on something that belongs to Carlos he'll look at me and he's like why are you wearing my things? I even do it with slides. Why are you wearing my things? It's only certain stuff that I'd be like, wait, don't wear that. Yeah, let me get Marlon has like, has like a, this is off limits. You can't wear yeah. it. <laughs> also, he's very particular about his hats too because he's like, you wear makeup, you get makeup on the ring of all my hats. You can wear this hat, this hat, this hat, that's it. <laughs> but most of their stuff is like free game. Any mm-hmm. pair of like, joggers he has now my joggers i don't even put them on his side of the stuff anymore i'm like this is mine now same you know there's there's so many joggers that i've either outgrown or i was just like she wears them every time they're clean so they're just hers now i've never i haven't gotten a chance to wear these in like three months i got two pairs of joggers that i keep like for myself it's a (laughs) pair of nike joggers Mm -hmm. and it's a pair of really comfortable joggers that her grandma got me for christmas Mm-hmm. But other than that, and keep in mind, I got like 20, 30 pair of joggers. <laughs> All mine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Samira. Just yeah. taking all this man's stuff. And I don't even wear them. I just want them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like a hoarder. <laughs> Jesus. So I can see why you do relate to Arya as strongly as you do. Yeah, we are kind of written the same. 
but we grew differently from like childhood trauma i guess i was about to say i find you a lot more interesting than aria <laughs> yeah so the thing that i took mostly from this is just like relatability mm-hmm. to the situation to coincide with what you were saying and like when i look at tiari jones's body of work mm-hmm. in general so tiari jones grew up in atlanta during the 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 atlanta you know, missing child. The, the Atlanta missing the Atlanta child murders. Yeah. During that time. Well, that makes sense of why Arya was scaring the hell out of the janitor. Yeah, he probably thought she was getting abducted by the by the child murders. Yeah. So because of that, now from what I've read about her, say Ari, the author, she grew up in a two parent household like her whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think she did have some trauma with seeing children go missing. Mm-hmm. And so, like that, affecting the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at every single one of her works, they all have to do with a family that seems to be whole at the start, and mm-hmm. then it misses something, and then because of the thing that it's missing, all hell breaks loose for the rest of the novel. Mm. I can't so do it. If you go, if you go through the fir- if you go through them, there's the first one. We even get Lana. Mm-hmm. That one is actually about the child murders. It's actually about the child murders. So, leaving Atlanta, parents split up. Mm-hmm. Atlanta child murders. So, she lost a friend. Like, the main character in that lost a friend. Mm-hmm. She, Tyree herself, also lost friends in the Atlanta child mm-hmm. murders. Oh, that's crazy. So, it's like, I think her books are like... Her, her own trauma. Her traumas and her fears manifesting themselves on paper. Because mm-hmm. even though it didn't happen to her family, it happened to people around her. So she's writing it like, wait, what if this did happen to my family? Let me. Mm-hmm. I think that her trauma is literally being afraid. Yeah, that's what I she's think. That's, like, is she's I afraid. am afraid that my I'm going to be like my parents or like my friends and my parents can divorce mm-hmm. or they're going to split up. They're going to have to see your family. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's going to go to jail. He's going to go missing. Because, die. Um, what you call it? The what, what? What's the one we're talking about now? The American Marriage. Marriage. American Marriage. Wait, no, the one that we're talking about. The Untelling. The Untelling. I was about to say, what? <laughs> I yeah. thought he's been the talking untelling. about so many books. <laughs> so, yeah, because we're talk- I'm talking about her her, Body of her bibliography. Uh-huh. So the first one was Leaving Atlanta, mm-hmm. Family Split Up, Childhood Murders. Family Destroyed, Something's Missing. It lays out foundation for the rest of the book. This one mm-hmm. is about the family lost the patriarch in the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Also lost a younger sibling of the main character. All hell breaks loose and everybody that was affected by that that day is affected for the rest of their lives. Then you go on to the Silver Sparrow, which is my favorite of her work. Silver Sparrow. There's two families. Mm -hmm. So the families are not just normal. They're connected. There's There's two families. So because... Because the the husband can't be there with both families all at the same time, something is missing, and that leads to the events of the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Because the father could only pick one family, right? Right. And then you go to an American marriage. Husband goes to jail. Okay. And I... it leads to the events of the rest of the book. So, in Tiari Jones's work, a family can't just be a family and be whole. And I think that her works are a manifestation of her fears. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the basis for this book. Uh, I am never going to enjoy her work. Oh. 
Well, I'm at a point now, and I even talked about it in my uh, my play reading class mm-hmm. for this quarter, that I would just like to see representation of black people with normal everyday lives mm-hmm. in joy. I don't want to deal with trauma. Okay, yeah. So that's the state of mind I'm in. So anytime I'm like a hint of drama, I'm just like, no, I understand that. Oh, why are we doing this? Because I don't like I don't want to deal with it right now. Mm-hmm. So I'll come back to her books in like I almost said fifty. <laughs> that's, that's a long time. I'll come back to her books in like thirty years. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that like I get it because like as idealistic as it would be to see just like this nice two parent black household full of joy mm-hmm. and no trauma, I have never seen that. It's not like. There, there can't be any trauma, but it's just like they were ripped apart. In all of these, in all of the examples, they it's were like ripped apart. it's like there can be problems and everything, but can we have a happy? I don't feel like this is a happy ending. Yeah, I don't really see what she thinks telling Dwayne about all of this is going to do for him. I don't see. I don't understand. Like, because like in the end, it seemed like she felt like all she had to do was tell Dwayne her story and he will be like, oh, so that's why you lied to my face for as long as you did. It, it, If I was Dwayne, I would actually be happy that she told me that because now I actually have closure as to why you did what you did. I can still not agree with what you did, mm-hmm. but the fact that I know why you did what you did, it makes me feel better. Okay. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand your thing about like wanted to just watch like happy go lucky because that i came to this realization one day that is literally the reason why i watch friends friends is just people white people just living so i watch so i watch new girl because i can watch winston and schmidt act a fool yeah there's white people just like ah man this girl didn't call me back this is the least this is the most of my problems today yeah. I have nothing else to worry about in my rent control department in New York. Mm. See, to me, that is not realistic. So it stresses me out watching. It. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, this is not relatable. But see, it just see, sends, it sends me to a place where I would like to live. But me and you, um, that I've noticed our differences with like work, like the things we watch for entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to escape life. I don't want it to really reflect me that much, except for I want to see my race represented that's about it i don't think i do anything for escapism i want to escape and that's why i love fantasy so much see i go to dystopian shows dystopian guys um podcast listeners she does this at least like five times a day and i just look at her dumbfounded because i'm like i don't know what you're talking about Listen. Listen, words are hard, man. Words are hard. I, apparently, the word word is hard because she almost couldn't say that earlier. Well, listen, I was reading. <laughs> Barely. Hey, man, reading, reading is also hard. <laughs> Barely. Just ask me. You're like, that's why I never do it. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 the escapism versus like stuff like that's not realistic. It's, I'm glad I know that. Mm-hmm. Cause it makes so much sense now. What's the name of the 
show that we watched. It was just the second season that had to do with the black dude. Love Life? Love Life. The reason why I like Love Life so much, going back to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. he didn't have a rough life. Yeah, he didn't have a rough life. He had a two-parent household. Mm-hmm. He was a college graduate. He was an editor. He just had trouble in his love life. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see just a black person in a very black cast mm-hmm. just like living life without it being traumatic. See, okay, so my issue with this book is the fact that there are so many lulls and there's so many side ventures that we go down that seem like don't really matter. So the reason I was thinking about why she does that sometimes. And the only reason I can think of is because this was only her second novel. Well, when I think of it, because, like, she's extremely relatable, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason I think that she goes off on these tangents is because people really do go off on tangents. Sometimes you have side missions in real life. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But in a story, it's just like... It's not feasible enough. No. But see, I think that kind of adds to the... Relatability charm? of it. It adds to the charm. It does. It adds to the charm. <laughs> listen, I am a Tyari Jones apologist. <laughs> Tyari, if you're listening, no, I, I really love. I love all her stuff. Everything that we yeah. listen to together, I love all of it. Tayari, if you can hear me, um, Carlos here. Los, I'm sorry. I think you're a. You know, I think you good writer. It's just like the writing is well done. It's just you don't. Like sometimes I get bored. I just get bored. The storytelling doesn't flow to you. Yeah, it, it, it does this. There, Because the thing about it is, like, there's really high highs, and there's, like, big dramatic scenes and big dramatic conflicts, but then sometimes you'll just have, like, a bunch of just, like, every day we're sitting on the porch, we're putting the chairs inside from the porch so that get stolen, I'm talking to the crackhead. Let's talk about the crackhead. Yo, the crackhead, my guy. Yo. I was so mad at Arya. The fact that she was just like, oh, yeah, I saw all that stuff. I didn't take nothing. I was just like, you broke into the house. Like, at the beginning. Just to see what they had. At the beginning of this story, like, Arya and her best friend, Rochelle's house gets broken into. Mm -hmm. And they go to talk to their, like, neighborhood crackhead. I feel like I shouldn't be saying that. The neighborhood, like. No, she is a crackhead. user. Drug addict? Drug. Listen. The neighborhood. Listen. The vagrant. What is her name in the book? We know firsthand. Listen, I that like. If you need your house watched or if you need to know where something went in your house, that's true. Where to go to? You go because to of the where we live right now. <laughs> and because of who we go to right now. That's true. I'm not going to out this person because I love her. Mm-hmm. They then. always. It, from Ever since we first told this person. Mm-hmm. That stuff has come up missing from us. They will go and get packages. They will get off our, our packages off our. Place. No matter how big or small, if it's Home Chef, they're dragging that box to their house. If it's a bed frame, they will drag that box to their house. If it's a loose Amazon package, they've got it mm-hmm. for the most part. For the most part, they watch our house, and for the like stuff that probably should go stolen doesn't get stolen because mm-hmm. they will take it with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if, like, they, if they're missing an action, it's going to get stolen. Yeah, if, if they're gone doing whatever, it's gone. But mm-hmm. if they're at home, no. so it's, it's there. once I read this book again after living here, <laughs> I was like, ah, it's 
Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to say your name. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to her. Like, I was so mad at the way Arya handled the vagrant. I'm just going to call because her a vagrant. She was really... What do you mean? What you mean how she handled it? Okay, so first of all, you're not hard out for cash. And you never gave her the $2. You never bread. gave her her $2. She only asked for $2. I forgot that. Anytime redacted. <laughs> anytime redacted, be like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll watch your packages for you, man. I really need $10, though. We will cash out for $10. Like, here you go, redacted. No, one day she asked us for $4, and Marlon was like, oh, I don't got $4. She said, I have cash out. <laughs> and now we just be cash apping her because we're like we owe it to you. <laughs> Listen, you gotta you gotta pay neighborhood watch, man. You gotta, you pay, gotta pay neighborhood watch, like because like she ain't doing nothing else. <laughs> She's not harming your property. No, and then you're gonna get mad at her and then pick a fight with her. Listen. But then it's like Listen. the fact that she lost it after she was like, "You touched my dad's handkerchiefs." I, I understood that. And she's like, I don't understand why you so protective over some snotty rags. <laughs> that would, A, as someone who has a thermometer. Yes. <laughs> I would have been set off by that as well. I would have hit level 10 immediately. Nah, listen, though. If you've ever, if you've been protective over a lost a lost <laughs> over stuff, like, you kind of get that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You get that. I would have been hot. My thing is, uh, I personally cannot relate to that because I don't keep things from lost family members mm. except for memories. But um, the way that Arya describes her vagrant yes. neighbor, it's so holier than thou the whole time. Like She's always talking about the gel is cracked. And she looks like she hasn't bathed in days. And I get that you're like character building, but we all know what a crackhead looks like. Mm-hmm. And she's been so much of the book, like kind of downing her appearance, downing the fact that like she got this like bad looking bread that you bought from her. Mm-hmm. Judging then, the fact that she's walking around looking for crack rocks, judging the fact that she don't got no kids. Like then, and then the day when out- she finally, when she finally looks presentable. presentable. You try and whoop her. <laughs> yeah, and I that's when y'all like, come to blows. <laughs> it just like made me like it just tied in the bow for me of how I dislike Aria <laughs> because I just like you. Can't, it's just so her actions just infuriate me because like she just feels like she deserves, and I understand, I get it that she did work hard and she does deserve good things. I'm not saying that's not the case. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, like, you can't, you, you you just, I don't under, I just, I just, I, you can't expect people to just love you for the sake that you exist, in a way. And I do feel like she has, like, what is it called, like, survivor's guilt? Yes. yes. But she does also feel like, hey, I did survive. You should love me for not dying like everybody else in the car. Yeah. So it's just like, I get it. Like, I get where she's coming from and I understand. It's just like her actions just drive me crazy. Because. because go ahead. No, you go. Because I don't have a form thought. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems it's like. It's because her, her actions 
almost always seem to be a detriment to her. Yeah. So it, when someone is like called it's not self harm. What what is the phrase whenever um she's self sabotaging as hell? She is. She is. She is. Yeah. And it just seems like with almost everyone in her life, she's suffocating. Because like with her friend Rochelle, it's like okay, so I helped you do this thing, so now we kind of have to coexist to with each other. And with her mom and her sister, she's like, well, I survived, so love me. With the janitor, it's just like, oh, you want to care about me? Well, this is how I'm going to torture you for caring about me. With her I don't fiance, think she knew me better than... I don't care. She was a smart child, and you cannot say she was stupid. She knew exactly what she was doing. You can be smart and no, 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 no. Because like she wouldn't just gently lay things down. She, she would smash them. So that's true. To make up the false fantasy that something did happen to her, because, just so he would worry. Right. Because even if say like he was like, oh, she did that. She always does that. What if she actually got abducted that day and she exactly. was trying to send a message and he's like. She always does that. So it's whatever. And then that way he has to live with the guilt of being like, oh, I could have saved her. But I thought she just went home. But she's always doing these crazy things. Yeah. And the other thing why I think if if the other books are anything like this protag, I, I don't think she is. Mm-hmm. But she feels like an inactive protag sometimes. Like, like things yeah. are just happening to her. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like when the protag affects the action. The action. Mm-hmm. And like she, she is still she still has action because inaction is action. Yeah. But it's like the things around her are piling up and they are causing the action. And then her decision from that causes the rest of the story to go. Whereas it's like I would rather my protag go out and start doing shit. Yeah. And I guess now that I'm like able to like actually talk about it, I do see how much I really don't because like <laughs> Jesus it's just, words. she's just such a jealous person hmm? because like whenever she went to go um bring her boy Dwayne to meet her mother she was just like kind of trashing her mother like in a justified way because her mother did de- do these things but yeah. whenever they started to love Dwayne she was just like no, they, how dare they? She was very much. They should love me the way they're loving you. Yeah, you're Arya thinks, and I love Arya. We, I, you guys, have <laughs> yes. that. but Arya does believe that like people don't treat her the way she feels like she should be treated. Yeah, she feels like she should be living a life that she is unfortunately not living, mm-hmm. and that's just because of just circumstances and all sorts of other things, but, like, you can't really control the life that you're living. Yeah. And the whole book kind of feels like she is mourning a life she did not get to live. Mm. And unfortunately, that life is probably Rochelle's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But all in all... Oh, yeah, but wait, wait. We don't ill for Rod. <laughs> we don't care about Rod? I don't even think Rod's that bad, honestly. I mean, Rod is just I, I, I for, done, like, maybe two chapters. I was done with Rod... After he was just gave my boy Dwayne a look and was just like, mm. over a gun. Nah, not a just that. Gun. Not not just that though. It was just like when Dwayne, if Dwayne don't f with him, then I know I shouldn't. <laughs> you just ride with Dwayne. Justice for Dwayne. Justice for Dwayne. Hard. 
Alrighty. That's it? Oh, we gotta do ratings. We do have to do ratings. I'm gonna start. Go for it. I'm gonna give the Untelling a 10 because it's my favorite. Oh, we doing 10s, thank It goodness. is my comfort novel. I've said this in the beginning. I'll say it now. I support women's rights. I support Ariadne's wrongs. I love this book. All right. Marlon? Give us 7.5. That's pretty high. 7.5, okay. That's pretty high. You gave it a 10. Well, I knew I was going to give it a 10. <laughs> I picked the book and I love this book. Right, you, you go ahead. Um. Okay. I give Dwayne a 10. No, 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 no. Oh, that, book. Means, that means the, the book. Something low. Yeah, just the book. <laughs> but since we stay with Aria for the entire <laughs> book. I give it a solid three and a half. Jesus! Wait, three and wait, half. are we doing five or ten stars for you? Ten. Three? Oh my you give it a 30%? Oh my god. Listen. You want to know what's crazy? What? My score is high. <laughs> I've never seen Ebony score something this low. 3.5 out of 10. 3.5? What other kind of books get a 3.5 score from you? 35%? 35%? You guys are outraged, but I stand by my decision. I am Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm proud of you. This is my bad karma. I was going to wow. give it a five. Uh, that seems low to me. I feel like... Compared to that. Yeah, well, compared to that, it's high. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're going to say compared to what? No, not. I would like to know like. books to get a lower score. Hmm. What are books to get a lower score? What do you mean? What are books for me? For you, especially you. Oh. Um. Okay, so my smut kind of gets a definitely gets a lower score. I like how you said kind of. <laughs> so you're telling me there's smut you get better than three point five. Okay, there is one that actually have decent plot. So, yes. My heart is breaking. Okay. I know um, you can't hear it. Here, this, is, <laughs> this is my reasoning for the five. Okay. okay, okay. Well, you know, um, I don't even need a reasoning for the five. What I want a reasoning for is a 3.5. <laughs> I'm going to give you my reasoning for a five because I, I, I like discussing my rating thing. So, as you know, this is in the middle. It's not below. It's not above. It's in the middle because there are things I really like. But I felt like I felt like if I could like get like not care about the lulls, mm-hmm. I could have given this book a seven around like around there. Question. But yeah. Would y'all like the book more if it would if you got different like point of views from some of the characters? Because that way it takes away some of the lulls and you kind of get, like, the background information without having to read a long, drawn-out background paragraph. No. Like, what if you got, like, a Dwayne chapter from his point of view? I would love that. And an Arya chapter. And then it goes back and forth between, like, a Dwayne and Arya. But if, because there's so many different narrators, the Arya chapters aren't so long. You're not with her the whole book. You You know, know, everything I read, for the most part has different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, well, except for poetics, right? Right. Um, but, like, with the, I think that would mm-hmm. um, help, but it would depend. Like, if, if the stuff 
with her and Rochelle becoming friends, and that that just, it just took so long but, to get there. That's still in there. I still got to bring. But what did you hear from Rochelle's point of view? Oh no, man. Rochelle seems like she's more concise. Like she's not so like. Cause she also seems like she's actually going to do stuff. Yeah. So it, that might help. I'm not gonna lie. I, I can't, I'm kind of messing with your idea. See, I don't think it would have helped me because I would be like, "Oh God, thank you so much for being with this," and it would. And then once you go back to R, you're gonna be like, "Why are we here?" Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm not. I will never recommend another Terry Jones book to y'all ever. <laughs> okay, but listen, listen. An listen, American listen. Marriage is written like that. Like there's three main characters, and you get their points of views. Wait, what's American Marriage again? American Marriage is the husband, there's a husband and a wife, they're going to Alabama to go see his parents, ooh, it's hitting home, huh, and then on the way there, they get into a fight, he goes and helps this white woman uh, fix her door, she ends up being raped that night, not by him, but she accuses him of raping her, and he gets like 10 years in jail, or 5 years in jail. That reminds me of Can't a movie it. that I watched with um, Michael B. Jordan. And Jamie Foxx, where Jamie Foxx was oh, wrong. Oh, mercy. mercy. Yeah. But, like, in this time, the wife becomes really, like, successful with this doll-making business. Mm-hmm. And she also gets engaged to his best friend, mm-hmm. who is also her best friend from childhood. But it was his best friend at Morehouse. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, it. the falling out between all that. But, yeah, all in all... um, I was, I felt like I was bored more than I was entertained. Okay. So I brought it down to a five. You know, I really appreciate your things of relatability Mm because I'm like, I do relate to this. I do relate to this. I really appreciate your um, background of Tayari Jones. It enlightened me on some things. Like a project for one of his classes on Tayari Jones Mm -hmm. because he's like, I almost read all the books. Because he's heard me listen to the audiobook so many times. Mm-hmm. The only one I haven't heard is Leave in Atlanta. Because I don't have that one. I don't want to read about the child murders. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Support that decision. Yeah. Honestly, but like hearing your guys's um, love. Opinions it, it and brought, love. It brought it up from a 1.5 to a 3.5. Negative. I wasn't like, with your opinions and everything, it's a solid six. But I have to stay Pause. with my original rating. Because, like, it helps me see things and, like, understand, like... A different light. Yeah. I also appreciate you guys not enjoying the book because I love the book. Mm -hmm. Marlon likes the book for the most part. And so it was nice to hear people disagree with me. Mm -hmm. Until you heard the reading. Yeah, until I heard the reading. Wait, 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 wait. So them talking to you raised it from a 3.5 to a 6. We're good talkers. Especially because, like, I love Amiri so much. Oh. And so, like... Th- Just Amiri. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, you guys are, like, arch nemesis. <laughs> I love Amiri so much. And it. so, like, hearing how she was able to relate to certain things and, like, understanding how, like, growing up in a sibling household where you are that close with your sibling... Mm-hmm. And, like, so boundaries aren't really a thing. Mm-hmm. It just, like, brought to light a different, like... Understanding. Understanding of, like, why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. Still don't like her for it. But... 
But at least you understand. You understand. Yeah, I understand. So. Oh yeah. yeah, under understanding the reasons a person does things it helps. makes them a better character. Yeah, it really helps. So like whenever I was going through with it, it's like why is this brat just doing these things? I didn't care about anything bad that happened to her because I was just like, good. You deserve this. Jesus. You, you don't deserve to wane. You don't deserve to like have this future with him because he's a decent dude and you're just doing him Man, dirty he, he just, without any type of... He's just a decent dude and well, you don't I deserve mean, him. I mean, he was kind of mean at the end. Like, I get his feelings was hurt and his ego was bruised, but when he was like... You weren't even really pregnant. Like, you was throwing up, so you thought you were pregnant. And I was like, that is so rude. <laughs> Tone it down. Because, like, I could understand him being like, oh, so you just go around telling people you're pregnant, but you didn't take a test? And I was just like, no, listen. Nine out of ten, if a girl thinks she's pregnant, there's a possible 2% chance that she's not. Listen. Hey, you didn't. You didn't have some thoughts. I did. You haven't that was, been. That was only because I was doing my birth control the wrong way. An effective way, but it was wrong. <laughs> Listen, I think I'm pregnant all the time. I do this little song and dance with Marlon where I'm like, Marlon, I think I'm pregnant. And I have to like eat my words like three and a half days later. I'm like, hey, guess what? I'm not pregnant. <laughs> so like, I also get it because you kind of. If you want something bad enough, you kind of psych yourself into thinking. Uh, you be like, oh no, like this is the happening. Mind is mm-hmm. a powerful yes. Thing. Like, oh no, but this is happening, and this is happening, mm-hmm. and this isn't even set like in the age of like Google and all mm-hmm. the different like web WebMD, where you can be like, oh wait, what about this symptom? What about this symptom? You're like, oh yeah, I have that. I have mm-hmm. that. I have that. But you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this book might have been more interesting had it been set in like the information era, where you can kind of see her like spiral mm-hmm. and decide she's pregnant after like doing a couple of like google searches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i also didn't like how she was like conspiring with her mother and sister and then getting mad at her mother and sister for actually trying to help her with an alternative way to get pregnant because i'm just like these are things you need to talk to the like and then the entire time i'm just like just talk to the wing just talk to Dwayne. Just talk to Dwayne. Just talk to your husband. Talk it's to the like, man that you want to marry. But it's like you're in too deep. You have already told him you got scraped. And I don't even know what that means. Yo, uh, okay. When she said that, that's whenever I almost stopped reading. Whenever I heard... That was great. I, I went... Was like this uh, I said, wait a, wait, wait a minute. You just made that up. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. Technically, she did not make it up. She was talking to Keisha, and she didn't tell her, "Hey, I'm infertile." She's like, "I'm not pregnant." And, and she's so, like, "Oh, like, you got scraped." And she's like, okay. "Oh, that's how I feel." And like, yeah, you might feel like gutted. That's fair. But you can't. She just did not go say that. Telling people, she just, she just was like, she like refused yeah. to agree. Yeah, yeah, and then she just. Told Dwayne, yeah, I'm not pregnant. Because it's like, had I ever told a bunch of people I was pregnant and I wasn't, and then I go to the doctor and like, no, you you probably can't get pregnant. I would probably lie to. I'd be like, oh, no, I don't have a baby. <laughs> I don't have a baby. And then you know what? Whatever you want to think, you think. And I'm not going to say yes or no. <laughs> I will know. I will not confirm nor deny. I will just be like, hmm. But see, like, that's fine because, like, 
the outside world doesn't need to be in your business, That's but true. your partner needs to know this. That's things. true. Like I like obviously couldn't lie to Marlon. Yeah. Well, you, like, how you can't you... lie anyways. That's true. <laughs> You're just gonna be like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm also a really bad liar. So I feel like Amiri could have a good poker poker face. Poker face. It depends on what the the lie is. If it got something to do with the law or something, she's done. Mm-mm. If it has anything to do with like a moral high high ground, I'm done. <laughs> I don't even jaywalk. <laughs> All right, guys, we do have to end the podcast. Yo, oh, are we still recording? Yes. Oh man. All right. Well, peace, y'all. It's been Los here. Uh, don't forget to go check out Flextra Large. Check out Marlon's clothing line. Um, don't forget. The ho- one of the hosts, Ebony, got a book on the way. It's coming soon. Oh, thanks, y'all. We done seen the book cover. It looked real good. Yeah. It do be looking good. <laughs> I need, like, a side thing. Everybody else has their own side thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in 2023, catch me on your TV screen. Ooh. I can't, can't say more than that right now, but, you know. Listen, and I'm just going to be here. <laughs> I'm gonna speak it to his assistant, y'all. Amiri does amazing makeup stuff, so one day listen, she's gonna have a TikTok tutorial. Listen, no check I it don't. out. No, she said no, no, she's not. No, she's not. Guys, I'm weak. guys we are gonna start a, a joint TikTok. Marlon really wants Me to start, and start and a joint TikTok. Are start a couple TikTok. Okay, y'all gonna be dressing. We're I'm gonna, gonna be here for we're it. We're gonna put clothes on. We're gonna wear our nice things. We're gonna cook. We're gonna follow. <laughs> our, gonna clean. We're gonna follow our fitness journeys. Okay, fitness journeys, cleaning journeys. Amir, you keep saying cleaning. Slice of life. <laughs> this man's like, anyway. Slice, slice of life TikTok. Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming and joining the book talk with Lucky Jones. Thank it's you. the whole Lucky Jones family it in this is, place. It's, it's, all, it's, of Lucky it's Jones. all of Lucky all Jones. Jones. All right. Thanks again. Catch us with the next episode. Bye. Peace. Bye. Later.